0: So you hear me now? Yes. You hear me now? You hear me now? Yes. What I, uh, what, 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 which commercial was that? Which, which, which Uh, Vor- Verizon. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Uh, uh, no. No? No. Can't hear you at all. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm here. Are you here?
1: Uh last time I checked.
0: Okay, what do we want to talk about? Our, our our list is very, very sparse. I added in more stuff I watched, but I'm only gonna do one today. And the other things there was like almost nothing got added to the list. I'm sure there's stuff that didn't get out. Uh, I don't know. Do, do you want to just uh just start uh our back and forth that we normally do and see where it goes?
2: Uh yeah.
0: Okay. Um let me prepare. I'm looking up one thing. Blah blah blah, 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 blah. Okay. Can you hear the thing behind me, by the way? I hear yes. Okay. Well, we'll see how the uh, my automated noise canceling gets rid of it. Alex is 3D printing something. I don't want to stop it in the middle. We'll see. Ah, okay. If it gets removed, it gets removed. If it doesn't, oh well. Okay. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, July 15th, 2023. It is 3.07 UTC as we are starting to record, uh, which as I've done lately means it is Friday night for both me and Yvonne since we're in the U.S., And it's just after 8 p.m. for me. And just after 11 p.m. for Yvonne, Yvonne complained because I didn't do that last time. And so we talked about time zones for 20 minutes or something. So something like that, something like that. So anyway, we we, we were just talking about like this last week was actually kind of slow news wise. Or maybe I was just tuned out. Was it slow or was I tuned out, Yvonne? I mean, stuff happened. I mean, yeah, stuff I mean, always. You
1: know, the, I I was like on the phone with some people from India, and we were talking about the floods. Oh, and there are um, floods in
0: in in uh, New England as well. In
1: New England as well, yeah. yeah. Um, stuff. You know, I mean, you put down to weather. We, you know, there's been a lot of global weather.
0: So maybe we'll concerns. talk. About, we we will spend two hours talking about global warming and the weather and stuff. Or um, I should say climate change. But no, no. Climate change. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna be back in our lightning round type mode. We're gonna do three rounds with two topics each, one picked by me, one picked by Yvonne. And uh the first two, this first round that we're in right now will be sort of the light and frothy, not newsy stuff. And then the later ones, if we can think of new stuff, it'll be new stuff. Or maybe we'll do more light and frothy. I don't know. So anyway, uh, as usual, Yvonne. My fir- well, actually, my first one is not going to be a movie this time. It's going to be a book. But uh, oh my god, a book! A bell. yeah! So the hell's the matter with you? I I, I don't know. Like anyway, uh, this is one of the, this is one of the ones I've been reading with Alex. Not one of the ones I've been reading solo. But yeah, whatever. It's a book. Um. Yeah, shall I go first or do you want to go first with our but first, but first, but first thing thing? No, it's that I,
1: uh, good, huh? Yeah. Shall I just go?
0: Yeah, go. I mean, you're, yeah, talk me into it. Okay, so. As we have said before, I mentioned it's the stuff I've been going through with my son. Uh we first did the whole Lord of the Rings series starting with The Hobbit and then did the Lord of the Rings. Uh, then there was like some book for school that like he was reading for school, and I read with him, and that was kind of fun. And then uh, we've been reading um uh, the whole Douglas Adams Hitchhiker series. And we are up to the fourth book of the trilogy. Um which is now six books, I believe total. Anyway, the fourth book is so long. And thanks for all the fish. Um, Okay. By Douglas Adams. Um, And uh, here, here's the thing I'm going to go. I'll start with my conclusion. First, and then go to the explanation. Although I guess the conclusion should be at the end. Anyway, whatever. Some thumbs sideways for this one. This is sideways. Sideways. This is one of those series that, like, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide is a classic. Restaurant at the End of the Universe is pretty darn good. What What was the third one? Is um was Life the Universe and Everything? It was okay too. Um, this one. I guess, OK, but it's clearly like as we progress, it's get it. You know, the first one was just very novel at the time. It was brand new. It was it seemed like fresh and different from everything else. By the time we got to this one, it kind of feels like the author is getting tired of the whole thing. And, you know, <laughs> he, he he's doing more because it's Money? his payday. It's, you know, Checks. people are looking for more of this stuff. This came out in 1984, by the way. Didn't
1: I hear that there was some author to basically, you know, at some point just started hiring people to just, you know. Look, that has been done it. by a bunch of them. Yeah, Right. They're just and like tired. And I'm like, look, just write about this, this. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Change that. Do that. You know. Yeah. I mean, just hire somebody to write it for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, and some of them are very involved in like. You know, and it's really a dual authorship. Others are like, "Here's an outline, go do something." Just and some write. of them are don't even go that far. Just like write a sequel, please. You know? <laughs> write a sequel. Yeah, read the first one. Just write a fucking sequel. You yeah. know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> just just leave me out of it. Okay. Yeah, and and in some cases. <laughs> they've done it in such a way that the the they actually like are public about it and here's the new co-author and the the new person's name is on it and everything and in in some cases it's pure ghostwritten like they don't I'm even sure. you know it's secret you know that they're doing this um and and also of course this is this also happens with dead authors where they want to continue the series because Oh yeah that's oh, yeah I've
1: seen that happen yeah Ludlum for example I mean jeez yeah
0: Yeah. So anyway, it, it, it kind of the other thing that seems to have happened. And I, I actually don't know anything about Douglas Adams' personal life. There is a biography out there somewhere. I have not read it. I have not even looked into this, but it seems like the guy must have fallen into like some kind of. Romantic relationship that he was quite fond of, because all of a sudden there was like a love story, like woven <laughs> into this thing. Like the rest of the series so far is, is it's just absurdist science fiction. Okay, I'm sure all of you out there are familiar with Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide. It's just it's science fiction. But it's comedy science fiction. there are all kinds of absurd situations that come up. He's poking fun at various things uh, you know in our in our real world by making hyper exaggerated versions of them in his sort of extended universe. and it's that kind of stuff. But in this one, a significant portion of the book is him encountering a woman, becoming obsessed with the woman then losing the woman and not knowing where she was, then trying to find her again, then them like eventually connecting. It's like a, it's like a romantic comedy kind of thing. And there's like a whole major section where they figure out how to fly. And then they go have sex in the air. Okay. Um, While they're chasing airplanes and stuff. And, and, you know, and and so the the whole and then eventually the the two of them, once they're a couple, go on an adventure together trying to find out uh, some sort of God's final message to his creation thing. And, you know, they get to it at the end and I won't spoil what the message is. They actually do find the message. But the thing is, like, more than half of this book is like suddenly this romantic comedy slash Oh wow, I'm so in love with this woman kind of story. And and also in the previous books, there had been a woman that they hinted the main character might have a relationship with, but she disappears. It's a completely new woman. Okay. So it's and it's like, you know, it's just from a from the point of view of, you know, are you getting more of the kind of stuff you expect from this series? Yes, you are but it it kind of feels like Douglas Adams was going through the motions a and b he out of nowhere decides to insert this love story which completely changes <laughs> the character of you know how this book feels and okay fine i guess but it yeah this is so with all this together thumbs sideways you know the, the, i think i gave all three of the previous ones thumbs up uh, i might have done thumbs up thumbs up some, some sideways, some, I don't remember for sure. This is definitely one of those series that the further along you go in the series, the quality declines. <laughs> at, you know, at least so far, uh, I have uh, not, uh, to love, the by the way, the
1: board, his books also, yeah, I mean, they started going downhill big time. I remember, you know, reading the last one, and the last one seemed like a complete farce. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, you know, you know, you you know, I mean, that is, you know, the first book is very serious and whatever about the spy and the insomnia, the story, whatever. And the last one seems like it was uh, Blazing Saddles. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is so dumb.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and even it like says this right up front In, in the style section, it says, this novel has a very different tone from the previous books in the series. <laughs> it is a romance and also moves around in time more erratically than it is pre- than its predecessors. Um, ooh, oh, oh, oh here, here, let's see. Uh, it is set largely on earth. Arthur only returns to outer space in the final chapters. The different tone also reflects the rushed nature of the writing. Adam's editor, <laughs> uh, Sonny Meta moved in with him to ensure that the book met its deadline, which had been repeatedly extended. Uh, as a result, Adams later stated that he was not entirely happy with the book, which includes several jarring Arthurian intrusions, which his biographer Neil Gaiman described as patronizing and unfair. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So there's more here. But uh, yeah, so that, that's 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 where I am in that thumb sideways. Um, but I have I have continued uh, with this series. Um, there's uh, a- after this, there's a um, there's a really short one, which will be coming up in my list that I do for the show, like in a couple weeks. If I continue to do what we're doing, there's a it wasn't a full novel. It was just a short story. Uh, called Young Zaphod plays it safe, then we're currently actually reading one called Mostly Harmless, which is the last one that Douglas Adams wrote himself. And along the lines of what we were talking about, there is one more book after that uh, written by somebody else posthumously. So we're we're going through the whole thing and, you know, we'll see. Uh, But yeah, this definitely felt like... um, even by the one that we're talking about here, Douglas Adams seemed like he was kind of tired of how these were going. And, you know, but yeah, there we go. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Well,
1: so you gave it a thumb somewhere. Sideways. Sideways. Yes. yes. I'm not okay. sticking
0: the thumb anywhere else. Okay. All right. Good. Good. We're
1: good with the work done with the uh, thumbs.
0: Yes. It's um, okay. Your turn. Uh,
1: my turn. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I know. It's that kind of week. Well, it's that kind of week because, you know, summer school ended. I've been working. I mean, I, you know, I don't even know. What the hell did I do last weekend?
0: I don't even What did I do last week? Oh, before you do your subject, I had to get one thing out before I forget. And I obviously already forgot because I meant to say it at the very beginning. This time we know in advance. Yvonne is going to be out the next two weeks. Correct. Now, next week, I've already got lined up as a co host, uh, Bruce, uh, who has been on the show multiple times before as the host, uh, as the co host with me. And so he's coming next week. The week after that, I have not even sent out an inquiry like asking people by email like I often do. So I'm actually asking on the show first. If anybody out there, you know, has has an interest in put, potentially Putin, Putin? I was like in, Putin? I'm yeah, like, what? It, <laughs> an interest in Putin? Yes, yes. If any if anybody has an interest in Putin, no, if anybody wants to co-host who's out there and is interested, uh send a line. To feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. Uh, and this is uh, for the week of, let me pull out my calendar, uh, the week of the 23rd to 29th. But we would usually do the recording either in the evening of the 27th or the 28th, US time. But there might be some flexibility uh, if you if somebody out there wants to do it but can't do any other time. Now, I want to put, right out front, if you contact me and I don't already know you from having spoken to you and had interactions with you previously, you might not get on this time. We'd want to talk a little bit and blah, blah, blah. If you're just out of the blue, I've never heard from you before. uh, You're probably not going to get on right away, Uh, but I would still want to talk to you and put you on the list. You'll be on the queue. You'll be in the queue. As potentially, but if you are anybody who's been a long time listener, or a particular uh, participant in our Slack or otherwise know us and like the show and have been, you know, around uh, drop me a line and I will probably send out my normal email to the list of people. I send an email about out about this kind of stuff, um, you know once we get to that week. But anyway, that that's it. So Yvonne's going to be out for two weeks and uh, we got Bruce next week and then unknown the week after that. Very exciting. Okay. Now Yvonne, now it is really your time to shine. You have had a few seconds to think <laughs> about it while shine. I was, while I was talking about that. So what is your, but first topic?
2: Uh,
1: Okay. Uh, Well, first, I will mention that this book that I thought was idiotic by Ludlam was a book called The Road to Omaha. And the description of this book, uh, according to Wikipedia, it says the Road to Omaha is a novel by Ludlam. It's a sequel to the earlier book, The Road to Gondolfo. Both are comedic
0: thrillers. And look, now let me ask: was was this was this like a comedic thriller that was? A sequel to an existing series that wasn't? Or is this like a standalone no! blah, blah, blah? blah. It was just, well, there was a sequel to this bu- bu- book called The Road to oh, Comedy. Right, right.
2: right.
1: But it was also a comedy. But it was also comedic. Okay, right? okay. And, and the thing is, here's the one thing. In the sequence of books that he wrote, this was the next one, if I remember correctly. And so, because it came out, Born on Mainem came out in 90, Okay. And so I'd read the uh, you know, I I'd, I'd read Born Identity and I and I read Born Ultimatum. There was born and I read Ultimatum, and I was like, well, 92 he came out with this book, and I'm like, oh, let me read this. And you know, it's like if I swear, it's like if James Bond turned into I don't know, a, a Mr. Bean. Yes. Austin Powers, that's exactly right. And I'm like reading this fucking book. By the book, way, i would never seen that like, movie either. Well, but you get the gist, and I'm yes. like, you know, <laughs> without even watching it, and I'm reading this, and I'm what the fuck is this? You know, I was like really getting angry with this book. I'm pretty sure I finished it, but I was very irritated with the book. Okay. I have to say. Um, um. So anyway, uh, I guess I will give something that I, I, I said I, I had not I'd been thinking about talking about, but I had not brought up before. Okay. And we were talking a little bit on the Slack. I'll, 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 I'll give a fuel economy update.
0: A okay, fuel right? economy update. This is this is for your new car that you bought recently. Yes, yes. Okay. And so
2: the station wagon. about the, the, the hybrid station wagon, station wagon. Yes.
1: the hybrid station wagon. Yes. So what the one thing uh, about uh, uh, about the about it is that. I expected a substantial increase in my fuel economy because the the, the car had about d- double the original electric uh range, okay? Um, compared to your previous car, you mean? Correct. Yes. Uh, uh the the range, you know, and, and it's like now, depending on how you drive and how you handle it, whatever. I mean, it's rated at—I I think it was twenty-two, twenty-three. My other car, and this was rated at forty-one. Okay, um, forty-one what miles? Forty-one miles. Okay, okay. Uh, of of electric range. So the MPGE rating is seventy-four uh, miles per my uh, seventy-four MPGE. The previous one was rated at um, what the heck was it? Uh, Sixty-three. MPGE. Okay. But here's the thing. Uh, and PHEV uh, efficiency can vary widely. Okay. Uh, more than with practically any other vehicle because of the combination of fuel that you can use. And so if you drive a lot of short ranges like I do, you know, it, it's obviously going to be better than if you drive. Longer distances on a regular basis.
0: Okay, you're right because if with short distance and recharging in the night or whatever, you you could stay on all electric all the time practically. And, uh, uh, right. Whereas if you're doing long distance, you're you're going to run out of your 40 miles or whatever, and then you'll be on gas.
1: Yeah, and and I know people, and I, and I know people that had bought this version of the car that basically had told me, "Look, I spent months and I haven't refueled." Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, uh, now. I had driven significantly, I'd driven a a, 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 a a variation of distances, okay? But bottom line is that I, I actually refueled today. Okay. But I refueled today because I was like at a little less than a quarter tank and I was driving past the Costco gas station, which has the cheapest gas, and I'm like, you know, I like to get Like get
0: get get the price while it's low.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, if I'm driving by Costco, I mean it's super convenient. If I'm coming home, I mean you know why the hell am I going to stop anywhere else? You know, so it's right there. So I'm like, okay, so let me let me just fill it up. And you know, the the gas tank has takes sixteen gallons. I I I only needed thirteen. Okay, but with those thirteen and my recharging, I had driven over eleven hundred miles okay, mm-hmm. at this point, I basically had not fueled the car since I got it uh over a, a little bit over a month ago um so so the average m p g that I had at my refueling you know was ninety about ninety miles per gallon, okay um nice. at this point, yeah, so I mean, and that my previous car was averaging fifty two okay. So this is a huge, huge jump in terms of MPG. And the reality is that I, I, you
2: know, uh,
1: it's
0: on a, on a regular basis. I mean, I mean, and and just to be clear, like with that little amount of refueling, like the actual like up and downs of the price of gas is going to impact you a lot less and you're going to care a little bit less if it's a little higher on the pump this week.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, no, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I basically, you know, I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like I don't you know, that's that's a material at this point um, in, in terms of uh, in terms of that cost. And uh, I, I, I right now that our garages have common electric, I don't even have to pay for the charging of the car. So basically, in terms of money, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm basically not. I I, I I'm, I'm putting in very little money for fuel, like right now, um, uh, 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 at this point. Um, so that's great, but I the but the thing is, it's like I mentioned, it's one of these things that with a with a range like around that 40, 50, I I think you know, I I really think that yeah for most people, I would say that 60 miles, 50, 60, you know, 40 to 60 miles is more than enough for their day.
0: Right. Um, and so, yeah, on a regular day-to-day basis, assuming you're not going on a road trip or anything like
1: that. Exactly. Um, so that's been working out perfect. Um, you know, in terms of fuel economy, the other thing is that they, they had changed the electric motors uh, on the on the car, so the car is under electric. Before my car was, it, I mean, it moved, but it it was slow. It it wasn't def- it, it it wasn't moving with any alacrity. Okay, um, this is different. That these motors have so much more power. It's like on electric, it it's 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 fast as EVs, you know, are are reputed to be. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, so uh, you don't notice a difference by going on all electric. Whereas my other car before felt more like a big, uh, golf cart, uh, uh, on electric power. This feels more like a car. Um, but I, I guess, you know, the one thing is that it confirmed at least what I thought would happen that with my typical driving, um, man, I mean, I'm basically going on electric uh, I, I, more well over 50 percent of the driving i did was using electric mm. you know power uh because of the because of the range so during those 1100 miles so um you know it, you know there's a lot of debate right now uh about the stuff that you started talking about well talking about the weather a little bit and some of the uh, events that we've having um regarding the uh co2 emissions of different types of vehicles and fuels and whatnot um you know some debates about natural gas and because of methane releases and some other stuff i i think that the one thing is that i i get i i, I always get a little bit annoyed with people trying to seek the perfect solution to them uh, and i'm just like look man If what you're if if you take any steps that are make a reduction in what you are burning or, or, you know, emitting, that's good. Just just that you you know, people getting pilloried for not taking the perfect steps is ridiculous. Um, The
0: the thing that also gets me sometimes is people pointing out perfectly valid things that say, yes, this emits less CO2. But if you look at the whole process of getting it, it first of all, it's it's less of a difference that you think because a lot of CO2 was burned in, in building the car. But also all kinds of other environmental damage from getting the resources needed. And I'm like, well, yes. Yes. But Right now the problem with CO2 is much more critical than practically any other environmental Correct. issue you could think of. Right. And right. So those other issues matter. I don't want to diminish them and say they're nothing, but at this point CO2 is an emergency and right. so reducing the CO2 output needs to take precedence over those others until we've got that under control and then we can figure out how to solve the other things we're fucking
2: up. But
1: by the way, it's been shown that for for most electric cars okay um even still the the it, when you look at especially you know depending on how the car was produced sourced you know when you go end to end on on the cars i was just reading something today exactly you know we're getting some better harder data on this um a lot of the stuff that people had been throwing around about uh no nah, it's just better to keep the gas car Versus that, blah blah blah, because of the carbon emissions. It, it's it, it, look the the it the, that that's not true. It, it, it's just it, over a lifetime. For example, I was looking at a comparison with like most cars. On average, it doesn't take that long of a car ownership of the electric car to for the uh, savings on burning gas. To you know get to the point that they overcome whatever extra CO2 may have been produced, uh, by the manufacturer of the vehicle. Um, and it does vary a lot depending on the source of, um, electricity.
0: And, and and also the the size of the car and and the the size of the car
1: and the efficiency of, of the vehicle. But, the reality is that 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 has been uh I mean most of the people yelling about that saying oh that electric car is more polluting than the uh, it, they're lying <laughs> it, it's just it's it's it, it's 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 in certain it, it's it's in very few cases um it, it's just not um it, it, and and actually I found the article look basically enough like normally um. Uh, it was a recent Reuters article. Uh, well, not that recent. It's like about two years ago, but they had it, it. I know that they had done these studies, um, uh, on this and, um, you know, on, on a brand new Tesla, for example, um, it takes, uh, 13,000 after you drive the first 13,000 miles, you're, you know, that car will be far better on the environment than anything else. And so if you think about it um it, it's it's not that much because those cars will last a lot longer so that means that it well at the be, be at the outset for a little bit it may not be uh the net during the life of the vehicle is
0: substantially substantially smaller.
2: Right. And so and, and people, uh, right
0: and people do bring up there's the net CO2 and then there's also things like using up some of the Things that are used for the batteries that are that are not renewable resources either. Things like blah 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 blah. But there's but but here's the other thing.
1: They have started a lot of them to start recycling these batteries. Okay, um, there are already a whole bunch of those programs starting, uh, of to to recycle these batteries. So, um, those those batteries are a lot of the components are recyclable, and um, so it's look. Over a 12-year span, which is the average life of a car right now, so many cars are on the road, the reduction that you will do, no matter how the hell the damn electric is done, no matter what the hell is on the uh, uh, on the supply chain or whatever, you know, taking into account all the factors, it's just so much less uh, uh, CO2. Uh, and so people just have to just stop, you know, telling themselves these lies. Because okay. they, they 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 it's just the, the data doesn't back up their the, the 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 bullshit um and and like I but like I said again even like not perfect steps okay um are still good because you know yeah I'm connecting to a power grid here that um one third is zero emissions uh generating because we got a lot of nuclear power as well on the grid the rest is is uh is a uh, natural gas. Hmm. Um, and so natural gas does by burning, it does produce way less, uh, CO2 than other fuels. However, the concern has been recently, and it's a, it, it's a valid concern that in the extraction and production of natural gas, that in certain places th- they are releasing methane. Okay. Right. A- at that, at that point, and that the production of natural gas are places where they have some, they have let some massive methane, uh, uh gas be released is causing a lot. It, it is. That is a very bad. Methane is for, worse
0: than CO2 in terms yeah, of, uh, global the, global the climate change. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, but, but, the, but the thing is that look, that has been an issue with natural gas production that already exists. The reality is that if you're driving and using the burnt um, uh, natural gas, y- y- you're going to be emitting less CO2 anyway than if you're driving your gasoline car. So that shouldn't stop you anyway from doing that. The, the issue is still with, an
0: incremental improvement, even though you can, exactly. you can, of course, think of something that would be better. And You know, and people have pointed out that like even better than going, you know, from uh, gas cars to electric cars would be ditch the car entirely and do public transport, better public transport. And yes, maybe not feasible for a lot of people. It's not feasible for a lot of places. And and also places. Yeah, it, it, it depends. Like, you know if we had a public transport infrastructure that it was built out as much as Europe is, maybe it would be feasible for a lot more people, but right. we don't. And it would take a huge effort to get there and a huge cost to get there. So in the meantime, you make the incremental improvements that you can.
1: Yeah. And, I, and I, that's, I think that the, the main thing, um, you know, it doesn't like I said, um, yeah, you know, I think that the one thing is I was thinking about this and I was thinking about what we're burning into what's been going on. It's just, uh, You just have to be comprehensive about how we attack every single one of these sources of this. Um, It isn't one thing that will do it. It's like uh, there's no magic. No, no. It's like how I was telling my wife. It's things like, for example. um, Oh, look at that cute, beautiful, bigger house. And I'm like, no. I'm like, why? Because because that that's just you know you want to know the one of the biggest things that Americans do that burns more that emits more CO2 is getting a bigger damn house, and I'm just like, no, I will not, I will not, won't do it. The I, I mean, I just you know, I, I don't want to do that because you feel um, like you don't need it. We don't need. We're perfectly fine with this. It's just because I I, I don't know. Yes, it'll be nicer and whatever. What not. Maybe, but we don't need more space. It's okay. This is perfectly comfortable. We're not in a in a place where we're tight. Yeah, it would be more. You know, would have some more amenities and stuff. But I don't want to increase our carbon footprint so much just because it's nice.
2: Hmm.
1: I I just don't want to. I I I'm just trying to be more conscious about that. I'm just like no. And I mean, I wish if more people thought like that, we wouldn't have this fucking problem. But so many, nobody, there's so many people that just walk around and just don't care at all. As as the ocean that is like at ninety so, degrees around here.
0: L- let me finish up on gas, and then I think we'll pick up environmental stuff a bit more for my first topic in the next segment. But I I just wanted to mention you. You mentioned uh, what was your equivalent gas mileage? Like ninety something? You said so I, I'm getting like 90, 90.6
1: when I got those. When I got my first. Okay, you know, so I'll
0: I'll just show. give you my car right now. My However, however many years old it was, I always forget my old Subaru Impreza um, Mm -hmm. is now getting about 25, 25. Okay. Yeah. I I get about 350 miles on a 14 gallon tank. So that's about 25.
1: Yeah. When I filled today, I got
0: 90.3. Now, yeah, now and and it might be a little bit less right now. Well, it's probably gone up some actually, because it was. Much lower because I was before they forced me back into the office. Which, by the way, in and of itself, for what you were just talking about, I'm emitting a hell of a lot more CO2 than I was a couple months ago. I know, damn it. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Before that, almost like my driving was literally back and forth to my son's school. Like, oh god, so yeah. I mean, that's uh, was like not
1: that that the gas. Yes, but the gas mileage was was probably probably shit yeah,
0: because it was it was all low speed stop and go stop signs stop lights things like that and, and like maybe maybe to fast food or grocery store but it was all local short hops there was no long term driving at all or it was very rare um now now i'm doing the 50 mile back and you know round trip on a regular basis and so it's probably up a little bit than it was i think the 350 is probably more like what it is right now when i was doing mostly highway when I was commuting five days a week before pandemic, it was more like 400 miles on a tank. Mm. And and I think it was probably like 300 when I was doing all local. And so split the difference. It's probably around 350 now anyway. uh, But I will also mention that at the moment, Washington state has taken the crown from California for the most expensive gas in the country. We are, I know we are number one. We're number one um yeah we're, it it's routinely over five dollars a gallon again here so jesus christ and apparently there are a number of factors uh regarding that there was like some capacity issues some transportation issues and also taxes went up gas taxes no. went up so between those three things yeah we're we're now number one So I'm very excited uh, about uh, that. Well, one thing that I I, I forgot. And and by the way, I I just want to say this, this was a, the tax part of it was a state law. It was passed before my wife was in the legislature and she would like to tell folks that for the record, if she'd been in the legislature, she would have voted against this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what was the tax money going towards? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know the details. Uh, They were. Uh, the, the, and, and I would have to get her on to talk about it more. And uh, blah, okay. Blah, but, I was just curious. It happened it before she some. even, yeah, I think that that's undoubtedly some transportation, some other stuff there's, uh, but bottom line, they, they, the, when they passed it, they were under the mistaken impression that it's going to be cheap. That well, yeah, they they expected the underlying prices to be lower for other reasons. They expected that the gas companies would swallow some of it and, like, duh. (laughs) What the fuck? No, (laughs) they're they're like, they could have have taken less of a profit margin. I'm like, have you ever met a company?
1: Look, I, you know? I like I had to explain to somebody that wanted basically is wanted to give me stuff free. I'm like, look, I'm sorry, but we're not a non-profit organization. <laughs> basically, Just, you know, I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so uh, anyway, I was going to mention also yeah. that our electric car charging stations have been I, I'd set up an electric car charging station here at, at the condo to allow people that don't have a garage like myself to be able to charge. Aside from the fact that my my, my charger, you know, because I'm on a 110 there is relative is pretty slow. Well, yeah. Um but but this are you gonna operate it? I don't man, the, the, the public charger that we have here is so close. I don't need to. Uh if I need a full uh, usually like uh I could get a uh the the charge I need like overnight on a right. 110. And if I need to charge it faster, I'll just put it on that charger and I'll get up charge like in a couple of hours mm-hmm. because the, my onboard charger is relatively slow. But we got a few people here with like uh, Tesla's and Mustang Mach-E's and, uh, uh, you know, I had put this charger that it's an 80 amp charger. So it, it will do a throughput of about 20 KW hours per an hour. Okay. Uh, and most of the public chargers that you see out there that are not like uh, super chargers, they output like six or seven. And so uh, they plugged into this one and they were like, whoa, this thing's fast. <laughs> you know, It's like compared to most of the chargers. So, so they've been able to. Uh, I, I mean, there was a guy with a Tesla. He just plugged in the other day and he have uh, in two and a half hours. He was able to. He was a, a little less than half. And he was able to basically get to full in less than three hours plugged in. So it's there. So it's working really well. And these only don't, don't even have the fastest onboard chargers like because these are Model Y's that they have. Uh-oh. And so that will go like uh, 12 KW an hour, something like that. Um, if you got a car with a faster charger, say like a Lucid or a Model S Tesla, they'll charge at 20 KW an hour. I mean, they could charge. I mean that charger there could charge that car up f- uh, one of those full in about five hours. Okay. Um, okay. from zero. So that's compared to most home chargers, uh, you know, or, or like non fast charging stations that they're, they're pretty quick. So people are happy with that. And I have on the agenda that for next year, in order to make that totally sustainable, uh, after I finish this construction project, I am going to get the damn clubhouse solar. I'll, I am going to install a full solar system. So therefore, those uh, plugs will provide will be powered entirely by by renewable energy. And so, uh, so that's congratulations. By,
0: yeah. Thank you. So that's well, the not project. You, not that you haven't done it. Not you haven't done it yet, but
1: you, well, I guess I congratulations the charge- on well, planning it well i got well i got the car charging stations first i know but, but I, I, I was, first clap, step, I was but, clapping but, uh, for the solar but, 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 and that yeah happened. the solar yeah but but it's on the it's it's gonna it's happen the list. we're gonna get it's on the list I, I figured out a way i think that we can finance it and get it done and i'm just gonna have it so that way the people that will charge cars here i'll be using 100 renewable energy so
0: so so that's okay fine. so uh one more thing I forgot, like logistically, I mentioned that you're out the next two weeks. The other thing I wanted to mention, I, I keep forgetting things, is that I have, for the curmudgeons-corner.com website, I have added transcripts. Oh, yes. We were so chatting we, about that online. We, yeah. we, we talked way back in January, we talked a little bit about podcast transcripts and uh, uh, our listener, Peter, had made some posts not explicitly hey, referencing us. Uh, but he he had talked about uh how transcripts were important to him and to lots of people, and it makes it more accessible and blah blah blah. And I protested and, and about it being hard and blah 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 <laughs> and, um the several th- several things happened since then the the service that I use for the post processing of these podcasts that does like automatic leveling and removing some background noises and stuff like that, they added inbuilt automated transcripts uh, a, f- a couple months ago. And at first they weren't working all that reliably, but they seem to have worked out the chunk, the, the chunks worked out the chunks. No, <laughs> worked out the glitches. Um, uh, you know, the first couple times I tried it, it would do things like it, it wouldn't tell the difference between me and Yvonne. So it would just be one big massive text or it would, the, 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 the text that was coming out of it was just so garbled. It was comical, uh, anyway, they seem to have worked out most of that. So I have set up a workflow now that I can very easily uh, get the transcript out of that service, drop it onto the website. It gets picked up on the website automatically and included. So if you go to curmudgeon-corner.com and click on a specific episode, then you'll have the general information, the s- description, the all that kind of stuff at the top, and then an automated transcript below. Uh, So it's not, if you go straight to curmudgeon-corner.com, it's just a list of the five most recent episodes. But if you click on a specific episode, you'll get that. Um, I'm not able to go back throughout our entire history and retroactively do this. It's sort of for the new episodes that are coming out. So from all of the episodes at the moment from June 17th of this year forward, so like the last four or five episodes, uh, I think it's four episodes plus this one, now have the transcript on it, and it's still not perfect. There's still a, a lot of places where it clearly is confused and is saying something not quite what we said. It has no idea how to spell Yvonne's name. It get it spells it in like five yeah. or six different ways, none of which are correct. So yeah. I'm look I'm looking at one it one of the ones it does regularly is Yvonne. Um, that's uh, fi- I, 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 I mean you know that's a, f- a female. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's that kind of stuff. It also tends to sometimes like it's, it, it now, it does identify everything as Sam or Yvonne, but sometimes like right when we switch talking, like if Yvonne is talking and then I start talking it, the first few words it has in the part that it says was me might've actually been the last few words Yvonne said, which I actually is a little bit confusing to me because I feed it. I feed the system separate tracks for the two of us. It's not like we're together and it's using AI to figure out who's who. Uh, I guess maybe it's doing that. We're not fashion. using AI. What no, kind no of I fucking mean, losers. Th- are we, th- this is all freaking AI. It is using AI. It's just, it's, I. I don't think it's trying to use that to separate our voices. It should be using the fact that I'm giving it to it in two different tracks to begin with, but sometimes it gets confused anyway. And something that I say goes to Yvonne and blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's actually pretty good. You can read these things and know what the fuck we were talking about. When I tried like transcripts, uh, you know, uh, uh, offline back, not just when, uh, uh you know, I was complaining about it early this year saying, ah, but like for years before every once in a while, I would try to do an automated transcript and see how it came out. And it was always so comically bad that there was just no point. It's like, in order to make it usable, you would have to go in and hand, hand edit it and fix it. Now, at this point, it's passable. Yeah, it fucks up every once in a while, but you can tell what we were talking about pretty good. Um, And so, yeah, it's there now. I I spent a little bit of time sort of hacking it so that I could just drop the file that the system produces, just transfer that file to my web server and then... It interprets that and reformats it to the way I wanted. And I did this last weekend. It didn't, it took me like a couple hours, maybe two, three hours to get it to do exactly the, what I wanted it to do. And I was quite happy with it. So anyway, for those of you who like transcripts, you can now read our fucking podcasts if you <laughs> wish to. Okay. Now read us like a book. Exactly. You know, you no longer have to listen. You can read it instead. Um, it is. It, it, it is strange. I have not made it through reading an entire one. I have skimmed because, you know, our podcasts really are meant to be listened to.
1: Listen to, uh,
0: And, you know, and you can the swearing stands out in a different way written than it does auditorially as well. Um, but. Yeah, it's just uh I don't know. Like the it's it's weird. Anyway, like but yes, you can read it now if you want to. Okay. And with that, let's take a break, and then I will pick my first more serious topic. And like I said, I think I'm gonna, We're gonna riff- get very serious. It's very serious. And I, I think I'm gonna continue off of sort of the environmental stuff we started to talk about there. So back after this. <laughs> That's that. Okay, so let's start with, I, I forget exactly which day, which it, yeah, which set of days it was. But at one point, people were pointing out first, hey, with a worldwide global average temperature, this is the hottest it's been in 100,000 years. And then this record was broken the next day and the next day again. And in the end, we ended up with, I believe, seven days in a row that they weren't all each one wasn't hotter than the one before but we got to the point where the seven hottest days in the previous 100,000 years were all in the last week and i think we're probably down a little bit from that since then because i haven't heard people continuing it with 8 days, 9 days, 10 days uh but we're we're breaking some records and meanwhile, you know, we've got We've got a massive heat wave in the United States right now. Uh, Europe's pretty damn hot right now too. Uh, we've got flooding that you know, we got flooding in New England and India. We got other things going on. Um, and, you know, as everyone. And the you know, water temperature here offshore is at like 90 a 90 degrees, right?
1: And an um, alarming number. Um.
0: Uh, It's just, uh, I mean, it is in the 90s. And I believe people have said, there are a couple things that immediately come from that. First of all, like 90 degrees is damn hot for like water in the ocean. Okay. Yeah. But um, there are coral reefs around Florida that may or may not survive this. Also, if you happen to get a hurricane coming your way, you're going to get some nice intensification while it goes over that water. Hell yeah. Now, it is...
1: It, it it is for whatever reason the the water that is closest to the coast um so as you move away from the coast it's it does cool down significantly but look it, i mean regardless it's just a a staggering uh amount of i mean the, the temperature is just it's just a staggering number i just never seen it that like that um and I, I I just found it scary. I mean, I, nothing else. I, I well, so- and
0: and you know, continuing along the lines. I mean, I, I mentioned heat wave well, heat wave in the South. You got places like Phoenix that are hot anyway, but like the the number of days they have over 110 degrees has like tripled in the last decade. Like they yeah. used to get like five a year or something. Now they're getting fifteen or twenty. Um, you know, this kind of, and this kind of thing is of course happening all over the world and you're getting more and more extreme weather events. And of course, look, here's the thing. All of the climate scientists are sitting there going, we've been fucking telling you this for 40 years, yeah, you know, and you know, we've been telling you that to prevent this kind of thing. You dramatic actions would have had to been taken, and they weren't and and as you were saying, something's better than nothing, and we are finally starting to move. And there are some changes that are happening, and they're happening quicker than some people thought right now, but at the same time, much slower than the climate folks said was necessary to prevent exactly what we're fucking seeing right now, which is like dramatic increases in the amount of serious climate related issues. We've also got the wildfires in Canada going on. If you look at some of the charts of the amount of area covered by wildfires in Canada so far this year, this year is off the charts compared to previous years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, and you have and the whole East Coast of the United States is feeling it because of that, because the smoke comes over there. It, even Europe is getting some of that smoke, um, you know, and so we got all this coming on and, you know, and it's going to get a lot. It's going to get worse and it's going to get worse for decades before it starts getting better. Now, I did hear. Dr Mann who's one of the big client scientists he's one he's the one who first did the hockey stick graph the famous hockey stick graph what he has said is one good note about this is that they used to think like 10 20 years ago they used to think that even if you cut all carbon emissions to zero overnight the globe would still continue to warm for like another 100 to 200 years after you stopped. Um, And he says now that is... They don't believe that's as true. They found additional mechanisms that can be used that basically say the Earth will respond and stop heating much faster than we used to think it would Mm. after we stop creating the problem. We still have to stop creating the problem. But basically there are at least some indications that the earth will be able to recover sooner than they thought it would otherwise. But, but still like the, the bottom line. And I I mentioned this in the last segment, the carbon stuff right now is an emergency and it's becoming more and more obvious to people like a lot, even a lot of the people who were outright denying it 10, 15, 20 years ago are now like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe we actually do need to do something about that. Now there there's still some holders on who are like it's oh, a hoax all the and a blah blah yeah. blah and blah blah, but they're fewer than there used to be, you know, um, and and a lot of the things that you're talking about, like it seems like electric cars are hitting a tipping point, uh, yeah. where they're becoming more mainstream and the costs are going down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, and those kinds of things are continuing the amount of the world's energy supply that is not carbon based is increasing every year. Uh, it's still way lower than it needs to be. And it needs to be as close to hundred percent non-carbon as we can get. There may be some things that always have to be carbon, but like it's increasing every year. I think, it, I think I saw somewhere in the last couple of days that we're we're now around 30% non-carbon world on a worldwide basis. Obviously some places are better and some places are worse. Um, and you know, that's not as high as it needs to be, but it's a lot better than it used to be. So I don't know, but, and, and then we've got other people are talking about, like we have gotten to the point though, that even if we do fix this through improved technology, better use of energy sources so that we're using less carbon, et cetera. Um, We are still in for lots of adaptation that is going to happen, uh, that is going to have to happen, because there are places that will become much harder to live in than they used to be. The where is fertile for crops and stuff is going to move and change based on this. Um, you know, you've already, you've already got like the, the, the coastal countries like, uh, in Bangladesh and the, what's the Island thing in the Indian ocean. There's some of the, and some in the Pacific that, you know, are just losing land. The country's going to disappear. Madagascar. <laughs> you mean? No, no, not that one. I wanted a little Sri Lanka. No, no. Like, the seashells or something oh okay and maybe it wasn't even that one of the small like the small little island nations that aren't like that don't have a lot of high ground are in a lot of danger
2: no i know oh
0: yeah yeah now there are some that are bait that are like on the sides of mountains and stuff and they've got high ground and but and but the ones that are very flat they're fucked
1: yeah, we was seeing t- t- talking about that a little bit about some of the islands in the Bahamas specifically. Mm, yeah. Um where some of the recent hurricanes that hit um the the surge because they are so flat, it's it's almost that there is no place to really uh escape on some of those islands uh, versus like volcanic islands and the the others that that come out that have a lot of high ground and that's a that, that's a much different story. Um you know, usually I, I mean a lot of those the the approach to the ocean is pretty steep okay Mm -hmm. you know in in most cases so therefore it's like they make you know some coastal areas will you you know get affected but not you know the bulk of of an island not that it doesn't have effects you know regardless but it's not the it's not the same um you know so yeah it's just I, i i just um you know, when this shit is going on, I just, uh, these, these people, I just, I just get uh, just angry. I, I just started getting really angry. Um, It at, at, at just, uh, I, I think at the, 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 the large group of politicians that basically just decided that this was just a game.
0: Well, politicians and obviously some of the carbon based industries. Like, uh, yeah, I, last year sometime, um, or maybe it wasn't last year. I, I, a while back, there, there was a Frontline series. I love Frontline as a TV show, by the way. Yeah. Really high yeah. quality documentary. I, I, I do excellent. too. Yeah. They had a really good one on the, on Putin and the rebellion, like this week that was like, I mean, it's only been three weeks since it happened, and they put one out that was really good. But no, a while back they had one that was on. It was a three-part special or whatever of the history of the oil industry misinformation campaign on climate change.
1: Yeah, because I'd I'd heard a little bit about this. Because basically,
0: internally
1: they knew they
0: knew it. Their scientists were among the first to definitively show that this was happening back like in the 1980s and there was actually a for a very short period of time like exxon and some of the others were devoting significant amount of money to non-carbon based energy and then at some point they were like this is too expensive fuck it um right and they instead doubled and tripled down on pumping out tons and tons and tons of misinformation and fud the fear uncertainty and doubt kind of stuff where basically yep. they're saying oh we don't really know it would be precipitous to do anything dramatic policy wise because we have no idea and where in fact they they fucking knew they, they fucking knew, knew with they a knew. lot they of knew. certainty and the, and they of course were able to then in turn affect the politicians and there were several times uh in the 80s 90s and early 2000s where we were on the verge of passing legislation that would have, you know, potentially made a dent in this uh, and they killed it. They were able to use their influence to kill it. And so, yes, it's very frustrating. And again, like, you know, I mentioned all the climate scientists sort of saying, we fucking told you so. Well, yeah, they've been beating this drum over and over and over again for decades. And for the most part, like, nothing dramatic has happened. Now, have some actions happened? Absolutely. We were just talking about a bunch of things that are a lot better than they used to be. But we are way behind the curve of where we should have been if this was taken seriously decades ago.
2: Hey,
1: you know, we had Al Gore pounding the table. Yeah. About this. You know, let's put it to you this people way. People made fun think of, about, him, of course. of yeah, course. Yes, and think about... You want to know the effects of fucking Florida election? Think about how different things would be if Al Gore had been president instead of George Bush on this issue. Right. I mean, just on this fucking issue. Right. I mean, you're talking about
0: another one. That was another historical mistake that this country made. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, that would have affected other things, too, quite a bit. But this specifically, yeah, absolutely. The approach would have been entirely and totally different. I mean,
1: the the impact it would have had on a global scale on this mm-hmm. if Al Gore would have been president.
0: And this also, by the way, this is another thing where the fact that this issue for it's it still is, but it's less than it was a little while ago. The fact that this issue became a partisan issue made it oh so much worse because it made it harder to do anything that was useful. I mean, there there are a bunch of things that have been shown that like this climate, uh, there are a lot of things that improve this situation that conservatives in very conservative red states are actually absolutely thrilled to see happen as long as you pitch it the right way you don't say we're gonna put in wind power because it's going to save the environment or it's anti-global warming or stuff because they'll they immediately turn off but if you're like hey we can install this thing and your electric prices will drop in half then they're like right yeah that's awesome yeah yeah right you know, it, it's just a matter of how you pitch it and what you emphasize as the cost benefit analysis. Well, look, what I well, listen. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing about this. Look, I'm I
1: I got seventy five hundred dollar tax credit, and I am basically spending, you know, like what thirty dollars a month on gas,
2: mm-hmm.
0: driving a, over a thousand miles. I mean. And, and and that's part of where you see like the electric car stuff starting to take off because people are starting to see that under the right circumstances, you will save money. Like a lot of money. R- right now, they're still kind of expensive and pricey, but the tax credits help with that. And then once you got them, your cost per mile is dramatically less. And also, by the way, this is helped by things like I I saw one of those F-150 lightnings the other day, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know, like actually driving on the street around here. And that's the kind of thing too, where, you know, you put out like the Tesla and it's like a geek car. It's like, you know, now, well now Elon is like, he's got his whole MAGA reputation going now, but like back then, like that was the thing, the liberal, liberal hippie freaks wanted to drive, right? you know, but you stick a F-150 and make it electric now you're going after a whole different demographic. Yes. And if you make it cool for them and you talk about the power the thing has and how fast it accelerates and its, its torque and how much it can pull and blah, blah, blah. You know, the fact that it's electric is like an extra cool thing, whatever. They're, but it's a it's it's a it's a truck. It's the truck they want. It's familiar. It looks yeah. roughly the same as the old trucks, and you know it's not like some weird, funky modern design. It's a fucking pickup truck, you know. It, yep. Yes, it is. They they do make the headlights look a little bit different, and the taillights. They they do a few little things. They, it, it, it does but, look a little bit different, but yeah, but but, but for yeah. the most part, it looks like an F one fifty. Yeah. Yeah you know, and uh and, and they're it, coming out with
1: uh, you know, the Chevy with a Silverado, which is their pickup truck, they're coming out with one too, like pretty soon also. That's
0: and by the way, just by comparison, I, I've been seeing a lot of these Rivian trucks around. Oh too. yeah, the Rivians are cool. Yeah, I've seen Yeah, but, but they look distinctly different. They they you know, they they're going after a different group of people, I think. But I tell
1: you what, those are pretty cool. Okay, they're Rivians. And they're 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 pretty well made. Yes.
0: So So anyway, but the the point is, like, you can get people to adopt behaviors that are going to help by pitching it the right way. And we found this out in the pandemic, too, by the way, you are people and it it, it frustrates me. But there's a whole group of the, the the basic divide in our society right now, at least one of them seems to be which people can you motivate by appealing to the common good versus which people you can only appeal to by what's good for them. And, you know, but a lot of these things that are going to serve the public good will also be good individually. Like not all of it is a trade off. Not all of it is like, you have to give up all your, like, like you're talking about, I want a smaller house cause it's less footprint. That's a hard sell, but, I know, but I pick a, I go into the camp. Uh, how do you describe the ones that
1: will do, do the stuff for the uh, other common but, good? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That, yeah. You see
0: that? That's my, but yeah. I'm, I'm but at the same time, a pitch that just says, hey, you're going to save a ton of money by doing this. That's going to appeal to everybody, even the people who couldn't give a crap about the common good. Cause it, it benefits them individually. I right know, now. I know, I know. And I think the key to getting, um, actual significant progress in the, in this area is to double down on the second, the message. And I hear lots of people still on the message that says the, in order to solve this problem, we need everybody to sacrifice, In one way or another, do something they don't want to do. Like I mentioned, public transport before, public transportation before. Lots of people hate that. Hell, I hate that. I don't like it. It's not as good an experience
2: as driving in my individual
0: car. I like it when it's well done and it's on on my route and it's exactly what I want to do. Like in DC, when I was in there, like I I Metro all the time, but like you know, but in my personal situation, like if I wanted to take public transportation to work, it's incredibly inconvenient. It's at, and I have to worry about schedules and it takes twice as fucking long as just driving, you know, because of the schedules and when I would have to be where. So it's, it, it would have to be a sacrifice for me. And so, you know, but yes, this is, this is the fundamental thing is like, as long as you, There are lots and lots of people out there who still pitch it in the sacrifice mode. It's like, there's this big global problem and we need everybody to come together and eat your broccoli and give up all these cool things so that we can save the planet. That is a losing way to present it. You have to do it in terms of here is what the benefit is for you right now and not benefit for your kids or grandkids or the world a hundred years from now what's the benefit to them right now instantly and if you can't pitch it in that way it's not going to happen even if it means the whole freaking planet burns
1: yeah i know oh well okay (laughs) so we have to sell it but we have to pitch it right yes Uh, okay i'm done your turn uh Wait. Are we taking? Oh. Oh. oh We're taking no, turns. No, okay. Um. All right. So. Um. Did you hear about this? Um. Burger King, all cheese burger. Oh, I did hear
0: that. This wasn't in the U.S. This was somewhere. It else. was
1: not in the U.S. It was in Thailand, right? Where apparently. They were selling a cheeseburger, but the cheeseburger was, let me, let me read the description here. No. It's, um, it's, you know, the invention from, this is, I'll read, this is from an article no. in the New York Times, uh, social media's latest food fascination is a simple formula, one sesame burger. Plus 20 slices of American cheese. That's a lot of <laughs> this, fucking cheese. That's a lot of cheese, I know. This invention. And I love cheese. And I'm like, whoa, wait. This invention for Burger King Thailand has no sauce, pickle, or vegetable adornments, nor does it have a patty. By many accounts, the cheese is not even grilled or melted. <laughs> Okay, the so-called real cheeseburger prompts this belief, but Burger King Thailand's not to put down in a Facebook post announcing it on
0: Sunday, not for fun, this is real. Pretty cheap, by the way, $3.15. To be be fair here, now 20 slices might be a little bit excessive, (laughs) but a cheese sandwich is not actually unusual. Like, no, no, I mean, I love, I listen,
1: sandwiches. I listen, I, I will. Okay. Right now for breakfast, I basically, I, I will eat cheese sandwiches every morning. Okay. Let's be clear. Cheese. Now, do but you I have butter on it. Or just straight up, like, like they were saying, not. Look cheese. here, here's, here, I've done both. Here's my, here's my formula. Okay. Yeah. All right. For the morning. All right. I'll put the, I'll put the bread in the toaster. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'll take the bread out of the toaster, and then I'll, I'll apply the butter and the cheese, and then I will briefly microwave that for 15 to 20 seconds to melt the butter and the cheese. And you're, and you, Well, you'd be thinking, why don't I just put it in the oven? What happens is my wife was complaining that when I did that, it would melt in the oven, and then it would fall down on the bottom, and it would burn, it would make a mess. She mm-hmm. was right, and so therefore, in order to avoid the mess, this is why I have my two-step preparation process for 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 breakfast, uh, and so that's what I will eat. So therefore, look, it is appealing to me to have this kind of a cheeseburger, but look, it's not melted. I mean, this is well. Like, look, okay, I've, and it's, I've had and it's I've American had, cheese. Now, just, just to be po- clear,
0: like you you described a grilled cheese sandwich, essentially. Um, you know, but a, a straight up cheese sandwich, bread, a couple slices of cheese, another slice of bread, not cooked, not anything, just slices straight out yeah. of the package. I mean, I've had it like that too. And I've liked it. I guess yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, but that's I, 20 slices of cheese. You're 20 having one. is from. a little excessive. I mean, I that's, I mean, that's a, I mean, try like, to like bite. You know, like I would do that. I would do that with like two or three slices. Right. Right. Not, not 20 <laughs> is a little upset. Exce- now I also, I have been known to just eat cheese slices straight up. I, I and, have to. And, I, and I mean, some, I, sometimes I'll eat five or six of those in a sitting. Like, no, 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 I I've done that. But, but, I, not, I, I 20, but not, not 20, but not 20. Right. 20. I, I mean, I, that, that's like an entire <laughs> pack of craft singles. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Basically. Just as that's why I think the price, I mean, for $3 and 15 cents, it's pretty good. You know, you're getting 20 slices of cheese. Hell, I remember, I can't remember where the hell it was. It was at some burger place, okay, where if you ordered a burger, you added cheese. And this was a long time ago. I'm talking like probably 20 years ago. They added 25 cents just to add one slice of cheese in the damn thing. Okay, so think about this. You've got, I mean, you've got $5 worth of cheese in this thing, and you got the bread for three fifteen. Yeah. So, uh, but apparently they're going to, it's, they're, they they said that they're going to discontinue it pretty soon.
0: Well, yeah, this is obviously <laughs>
1: stunt. <laughs> okay. Well, it got our attention. I mean, it's in fucking Thailand, and we're talking about it all the now, way over I- here. Yvonne, I think. The company for- said, damn it, damn it. The company sent an email that the sandwich will not be featured in the United States, nor
0: elsewhere. Well, Yvonne, here's the thing. I think you now must have a mission. (laughs) Which is? You you will be out the next two weeks. By the time you come back, you need to have made yourself one of these and (laughs) eaten it and come back with a report.
1: (laughs) I will assess the feasibility of doing that. Okay, yes. All right, I'll I'll, 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 I'll see. Now you know one of these things that this this reminds me. uh, I I and and watch the carbon footprint of that damn cheese. Oh boy, yeah. (sighs) Well, that's another problem. But anyway, uh, I I was recalling. uh, I can't remember. where in which whether it was in my when i was getting my bachelor's in business or mat or masters but we we had been doing a um a, a harvard business uh uh case on international franchises okay okay and it included like we're talking about case of um it was KFC. I think it was KFC and Burger you know, but, but I was pretty sure most of the stuff that I remember was related to KFC, inter, international franchises, where um, McDonald's, when they franchised internationally, when they did it, they maintained quite a lot of the similar control over the production of the menus and everything like they did uh, here in the US, which made it that uh, the product was pretty consistent on a global basis. But that some some others did not, and I still remember the case where in KFC there were some countries that they had franchised KFC, they weren't even selling chicken. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> right, okay.
1: All right. They were selling anything else uh, chicken. And I and I remember there was the, there was the other case where went franchisee in like in like Southeast Asia, okay, near here, where they made some deal to buy some really cheap chicken, okay, all right, that oh was being God. fed fish, okay, and they were feeding the, the chickens fish. The, the chicken tasted disgusting. It tasted like fish. It was just so horrible, okay? Nice. Basically, that franchisee also went out of business. And so this here, I I think also, one of the
0: reasons why- Kentucky King, Fried Chicken Fish.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is, I I believe that this it, this is part of that where some of these international franchisees sometimes take some liberties or, or related too much, and this is just they went just a little bit well, off and, the reservation, and, and, and sometimes by the like, way, you know, you US know the, Burger king is like, well, no, 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 we're not doing a fucking cheese cheeseburger. Well,
0: it, I mean that you, you, there's the whole pulp, pulp fiction routine about the Royale with cheese, but <laughs> um, yeah, but no, the uh, but some of this is actually important to adapt the menu to the local culture and expectations. And it's not just 100% go in and have an American restaurant. Like, cause that might or might not work depending on where you are. So they take some of the classic (laughs) American things, but they also add some local flair and, you know, and that's perfectly understandable and probably a good thing. Listen, but, but listen,
1: I think that was more in the past and, and, the one thing about
0: it it, 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 you know, these global franchises, say like Starbucks, right? Yeah. Now, look, they, now they have to be completely consistent everywhere. Oh, my God.
1: Look, exactly. I mean, th- now they're, they will add some local things to the right. menu. Okay. All right. But look, I've tried Starbucks shit all around See, all over the world. Oh, I, I've had Starbucks in China. I've had Starbucks in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Malaysia, in
0: Moscow. And, in but, but here's the question: France, in, did they feed the coffee fish? I don't think so. None of them. The little coffee no. animals that they slaughter no. in order to make no, no, no. Coffee does um, come from slaughtered animals, doesn't it? No, no. no? That's not no, how that works. No, no, that's not how that works. Co- co- um, don't the don't the little animals poop out the coffee then? No, no, they
1: don't. No, they, that's that. Well, th- there is that Kopi coffee where apparently the monkeys like will will like uh digest. eat Pre- the dig- digest and then you get them when they when they poop them. Yes, they will yeah, do uh, that. Well, there you go. No, no, anyway, yeah, I,
0: I'm obviously, but that's
1: but that's like about a hundred dollars a cup of coffee.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure that's worth it. <laughs>
1: yeah i first heard of that in a in a movie uh, 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 uh but i i did go i have i know a restaurant here that served it and i i, I saw it on the menu i did not order it
2: okay yeah.
0: um, you know when i am looking through the menu to try to decide what to eat or drink the first thing i think is not has this been previously eaten digested and pooped out by an animal <laughs> Because if so, oh, my God, I'm willing to pay hundreds for that.
1: Hundreds. Hundreds.
0: No, (laughs) this is not how I think about my food. Even food that actually does come from animals. I am a meat eater, but I still am not thinking I want something that's gone through an animal in that way. Although I do understand you know, some people's ideas of delicacies. Anyway, I, I've but driven back, you away but from go, point.
1: But, but going back, the, the, you know, the thing is that, that Starbucks, most of the main drinks remain the same. They have, you know, they do have certain local things at at the different Starbucks. But the core products are the same. And that's the same that I've seen with like uh, M- McDonald's, you know, that I, I've i seen globally. Uh, but they do have some local added things. But the core you know, hey, you're going to McDonald's around the world. There's a fucking Big Mac on the menu. Okay, right. all right. You know, you're you're you know, there's a fuck. You know, you're not going like this franchise. I was mentioning you're going to this one that was in Africa. I Remember that they had KFC and they didn't have chicken on the menu. I mean, right. why the fuck are you KFC? Damn it, you're not going to sell fucking chicken, right? You know, so um, so I think it's important that they keep those. But yeah, but they they do things for. Local flavor and whatnot, um, you know, but man, I'm trying to think what countries have I been to Starbucks? I mean, in France, in Spain, in uh, shit, in uh, in Argentina, in Mexico. Um, fuck in Russia. Yeah, um, it's been a lot of I've been, to, I've been to Starbucks in a lot of countries. They're fucking all over the world. Yes. I mean, I remember that I got off a plane in Singapore. The first thing I think it was, where, where did I get to? Was it, uh, Jesus, was it Indonesia? Yeah. That I landed, I get on a fucking plane. First thing I see, fucking Starbucks. I go, what the hell, man?
0: Even here, you can't escape it. Nope. Nope. They're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, shall Shall we take a break? Yes. Okay. We are taking our second break. And then we will come back with two more topics, one from me, one from Yvonne, and then we'll wrap it up. Back after this. Wait, that, that, my voice did something weird there.
2: This. Back after this.
0: Back, back. Anyway, we'll be back after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing. Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening. The best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, we are back, and it's my turn, and I just want to pick up on a topic. It's your turn to yeah. see what you can see beautiful beautiful i i, I am touched
2: it's your, your turn
0: you know i i you should put that on spotify i'm sure a lot of people would stream that
1: hey they pay for fucking white noise <laughs> why the hell would they pay for that shit
0: <laughs> exactly okay um Anyway, I wanted to pick up on something, uh, you know, uh, I, the the Putin-Purgosin meeting and just following up on that whole situation, because just <laughs> when we thought like, oh, OK, like there was this thing and then gonna kill him. Yeah. It, it, first of all, he was he was on the way to Moscow and then he suddenly turns around, apparently with a deal that he just had to go to Belarus and and, and then. Uh, it turned out that uh, people were reporting that his private jet, uh, Prigozhin's private jet, was flying all over the place, back and forth from from Belarus to St. Petersburg to Moscow, and just flying all over the place. There's, there was like a, an animation somewhere that I saw that just had boo 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 boo. It was just going all over the place. And then, then suddenly, we find out that like five days after the sudden turnaround, Putin and Prigozhin had a meeting. Along with all the other Wagner group commanders, like in Moscow, like in a big room, like now we didn't get a lot of reporting on exactly what came out of that, but it's like, what the hell? And then we've had some reports that uh, the latest I saw were reports that uh, most of the Wagner, most of the Wagner troops actually are now in Belarus and they are starting to work training the Belarus military and what? that Prigo- yes and that Pregosian may actually be with his troops now in Belarus after yes flying all over the place <laughs> back and forth from Russia to Belarus but the the but that the Wagner group is not actively engaged in Ukraine anymore but now they are they are now in Belarus, or at least a big chunk of them, and they're doing something with the Belarusian military. And I'm like, what? What? What's going on? And like, it's it's sort of receded a bit from the headlines, but it's, it's very confusing. It's like, I, I don't, and, you know, I've never been a Russia expert, obviously. You haven't either. You know little bits here and there. So do I. But, like, this is weird. We may not be experts, but we probably studied more than a lot of other people. And
1: this is beyond weird at this point. Look, usually these people, they're dead. Dead. Yeah. They're just fucking dead. They disappear. They got sent to the gulag and they don't, they don't, you know, the rebels don't come back and have a fucking meeting with him and, you know, and all his friends and, get to walk away like that this isn't i i really and 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 look nobody understands what the fuck is going on
0: nobody we're all like what the hell is going on we have no clue yeah and and so like some some of the people who are initially saying things like well maybe Putin and Prigozhin were in this together to begin with as a way to get rid of the other military people that Prigozhin didn't like. And at first it was like, well, that seems silly. And now I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It? I, uh, but then, then why was Putin out there like getting – like you said, he was on TV. He seemed mad. He seemed out of control. He's like, "They will be punished. They, w- we will reverse." Right. Blah blah blah. And then, like hours later, it flipped oh, entirely. Like not we're even good. days later, hours later, suddenly hours, everything's hours. fine. Everything's fine. No problem. Wrong. Good. I, I I I don't understand.
1: I, 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 nobody does. Nobody um, does.
0: and. And so far, at least, it doesn't seem to have had that big of an effect on whatever's going on in Ukraine proper. Um, we looked at some, you know, on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, we shared some maps that are going around from a, uh, it it uh, is a Mastodon account called War Mapper, who puts out daily maps of the Ukrainian situation. And he put out a monthly summary uh, that basically showed like the progression of who controlled what territory over the last year and a half. And basically, since December, the amount of actual territory that's changed hands either way has been trivially small. Yeah. But there has been a flip. Like for the first few months from December until a couple months ago, it was small Russian gains every month. The last two months have been small Ukrainian gains, but they are tiny. They're tiny little slivers of land. Um, Now, apparently some of them I'm hearing are potentially strategic and important, but a lot of it is just slogging along a front line that's hundreds of miles long and really battling over meters. Um, And so that hasn't moved very well and sort of. It hasn't gone as well as the Ukrainians have thought, but there was at least some consideration. We mentioned it on the show, like with the with the Wagner group pulling out and the Russian military demoralized, maybe they would collapse at some point and the Ukrainians would move a lot faster. And maybe that'll still happen, but it hasn't yet. And And then whatever the hell's going on in Belarus now, I, I, I don't know. It, it 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 it's really strange
1: what the hell's going on now one thing that i had been reading about this ukrainian uh, off uh, offensive attack right now is that a big part of this also has been they have been trying to soften up mm-hmm. the defenses on the russian side before they try to make any large advances yeah. okay Um, so that in part had been part of the strategy, um, you know, which is why there's been advances, but it's been small. I don't know how long that was supposed to
0: take, but, but that was part of what, what I was uh, explanation. Even the Ukrainians themselves have said that the amount of progress they've made has been less than they had hoped for though. Mm, mm, mm. So. And meanwhile, though, and I'll make my topic more general: Russia, Ukraine, etc. Um, we had this NATO meeting. Um, there was some tension back and forth. Like at first, like it seemed like um, Zelensky was very disappointed that they he wasn't getting a specific timetable, etc., for when could they join NATO. Now, obviously, they can't. Join in the middle of a freaking war because then that would instantly trigger Article Five, and all of NATO would be at war with Russia tomorrow. Yeah,
2: Uh, yeah, right. And
0: yeah, and like yeah, some people have been saying, "Well, but we should, we should, we should do basically, we should do that." Uh, I think uh, Biden and a bunch of others are much more sober about this, and basically, like, no,
1: much more sober. Like, I mean, sober.
0: Yes, we we are we are going. We are not going to do that, um, and but Zelensky at least wanted to have like some definitive something, um, and apparently about halfway through they did some negotiations and they got there. I mean, basically, they made it absolutely clear and explicit that nothing happens until the war is resolved. There cannot be an active conflict at the time you enter nato and in fact one of nato's uh, ground rules apparently that's written into the the original treaty or whatever is you can't be in nato if you have active open territorial disputes they have to be resolved um and and i would say this is a territorial dispute i would say know? um but they but they basically said look There will be a list of things, and we will work to be more explicit about it, that you do have to do. The war has to end, and there's still some sort of good government, anti-corruption kinds of things where Ukraine still isn't quite up to snuff, and you're going to have to fix some of those things before we let you in. But I think the thing that flipped Zelensky back over is they no longer hedged around about whether it would ever happen. Basically, right. every everybody started saying it is not a question of if, it is a question of when. Ukraine will be in NATO. Certain conditions have to be met first. We're not quite there yet. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but Ukraine will be in NATO. And in the meantime we're going to define a whole bunch of security guarantees about what we are going to do for you while you're still in this war. And some of, I, some of that was public. I'm sure there were a lot of private assurances too, about more equipment and intelligence and everything else that's going to be going towards them. And event, apparently it was enough to make Zelensky happy. Um, in the first couple days, it was looking pretty rocky because we had both the U S and the UK complaining that Zelensky wasn't grateful enough for what he'd already gotten. And Zelensky was clearly upset. And, but it seems like they worked it all out by the end. And in the meantime, we also got like, the are all fine. Thing. Yeah. And, and now, and we got the Sweden thing resolved. So both Finland and Sweden are in NATO. And once again, you know, I was about to say Yeltsin. Uh no, Putin. Yeltsin? <laughs> no, I know. I know. He's not even a lie. I know, I know, I know. Hey, uh anyway, Putin <laughs> has been incredibly effective in pushing back the NATO menace through this whole thing. Because now he's he's more than doubled the amount of border with NATO and once Ukraine joins Russia's entire European border is going to be NATO. NATO. Like now yeah. to some degree like there is the question to me that comes up here like I can see why it would have been very helpful to actually admit Ukraine into NATO before any of this happened maybe it would have been a deterrent or or maybe it would have sparked the war earlier but like presumably once this war is resolved We've also eliminated the immediate need for NATO, at least in the short term. But I think that there's always the long term. Uh, and so I can see why they want it anyway. And there are other advantages and coordination and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, and, and, and this is another thing, by the way, where and we just keep adding to the list of these things where Biden seems to just be slowly but surely achieving things. <laughs> you know both domestically and internationally boom 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 he's just getting shit done
2: yeah
0: um so i don't know a- a- anything more about you russia ukraine nato any of that uh no no okay i think yeah well in that case it's your turn
2: it's final,
1: final, my topic. turn again uh, that's not even a song I know exists. Um, okay, yeah. so let's talk about inflation. Okay, oh,
0: inflation. Okay. Yes, yes. Yes.
1: So we had new inflation data come out uh uh this week. Okay. Guess mm-hmm. what's going on? It's down. Yes, it's down. Uh it's down a lot. Um and one of the things this week I heard people now talking and now saying, "Well, this shows that it was transitory." And I'm like, "Oh, for
0: the love of a fucking god, you You Everything's down. transitory if you give it a long enough time frame. Well,
1: yes, but <laughs> I, I think that the, the one thing is that uh, two things that. Uh, main criticisms that have been uh, uh, about the fed and the inflation situation right now. One is supposedly that they reacted too late. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think, um, I, there is, uh, (laughs) I mean, hindsight's 2020. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we are coming off a pandemic. There was a lot of things going on. There were a lot of very good reasons, why uh the fed wasn't in a tightening mood because of all the uh economic issues that have been going on i mean we had a period where we even had price of oil and be negative i mean
0: yes i remember that yeah it it, it,
1: it it people forget this that this was you know uh not that far not that long ago um and so uh you've got that you've got that situation and so and we had all these factors that during the pandemic, I always said, you know, there are factors in here that are driving prices up that are going to cool off and will bring prices down. Um, the main one that I I talked about a lot, shipping containers out of China, which is the biggest driver into shipping transportation. Um, that those costs had soared, whether it was transport by air or by ship, uh, a, a full container from China, the the price had quadrupled, quintupled, uh, and that price is back to where it was right around when the pandemic started. Um, and air freight rates too have dropped a lot, uh, you know, uh, substantially as well. Uh, where we are paying three, four times, you know, those rates. Um, and so that is a lagging uh, effect on prices because inventory doesn't arrive like overnight. Right. For many products, it's very slow. I mean, this, this, by the way, things, this,
0: this, by the way, is one of the themes that we have talked about whenever we have talked about economic issues going back. As long as this show has existed Mm -hmm. uh, that you've pointed out and, is just duh, is that with big, massive things like the global economy or even just the US economy? Right. If you change something now, people aren't necessarily going to feel the effects from whatever changed for years. Yeah. There is a massive lag. Like there this, are
1: massive lags.
0: This is, you know, they they talk about not being able to turn a ship on a dime. The, yeah. You're talking about the freaking global economy. Economy,
1: yeah.
0: You know, th- we're talking billions of people and their behavior and things that take. You know, you, you change anything, whether it's like an interest rate change, or whether it's reacting to the pandemic, or whether it's like recovering after you've had a backlog. What are, all of these things take time lots of people
1: i think the problem is people think about hey i order an iphone right and it's manufactured in china and they will put it in a box and they'll air freight it and it gets to me in a week okay or 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 less or or two (laughs) or less okay but most products that we get don't move at that speed okay you think about other products that you typically see in a store, like chairs, you know, a plastic, you know, towels, whatever shit like that. That or, is, or cars, uh,
0: like you were talking before.
1: Well, well, cars actually move faster, but you know, uh, 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 than that. But, but more specifically, consumer goods. Okay, non-perishable consumer non non-perishable. Goods that are have these have very long lead cycles from order to production to shipping
0: to arrival at your store. They are not being air freight, and a lot of a lot of a lot of these things are evergreen too. Like yeah, if you're if you're getting uh your desk chair or uh. Or, or, you're buying a set of plastic plates, okay? Yes, it or basic like basic things like socks. Like now, right. obviously there. Obviously, there's some of this fast fashion stuff that turns around very quickly, and there's all kinds. But of- but even the fast but,
1: fashion, the production cycle. Yeah, the, yeah. And Listen, they're so cheap, you can't. You're not air freighting that
0: shit either. Right, 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 right. But the the, the point is, though, a lot of this stuff is the kind of stuff where. It's not really that critical that you have the latest one that just came no. out this month. You know, no. So the cycle from like
1: I place, I decide that I'm going to order these goods for yeah. TJ Max in Boca Raton, Florida. Okay, man. From from the moment that uh, somebody made a decision that this is the style that we're having. To manufacturing it, to shipping it, to stocking it, whatever could be six to nine months. Right. Okay. You know, easy. And so this is the thing uh, where you've got stuff that was at prices that was from nine months ago when it was ordered. And so and that's what people don't see. How how long those lags are. In that stuff, and how long it takes to actually hit on your in, in in pricing, and and I think a lot of what we're seeing is is starting to relate to that. The other thing that we forget is, uh, you know, all of a sudden we had a war that started yep. last fucking february that really was another i mean we had a fucking pandemic we had all this shit with, with inventories transportation all this shit and then throw in a fucking war while you're at it okay
0: we, we had we had that uh ship stuck in the uh canal in the fucking canal
1: too yes then in so in this Suez, no. the Suez. yeah so we had you know we had this the, the all of this um all of these impacts uh, and then I think that the one thing that it, that is happening is that a lot of people were predicting that we would get a recession
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so far so good no recession and, and yet well a lot of people today were backpedaling on it because most of the information coming out from banks and others uh, industries or whatever is looking a lot more robust than they expected and I will tell you that in part, the economy is also being helped by we talk about another lagging effect by how long it it was going to take for the Inflation Reduction Act Mm. to really be in effect because the investments from that act are having a positive impact on the economy. And in many cases, it's not inflationary. But it's sustaining growth in certain areas. Okay. And so, and, and that's so, still not fully in effect. I mean, that's no, things it, are trickling out, but there's it, more to come. But, 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 but money is moving. Um, you know, plans are happening, investments are being made. Um, you know, you've got a lot of these things that are happening. And so, that's having a uh, positive effect on sustaining the economy from other things that have been a drag. I mean, we had a drag from the fact that, um, you know, we had we had all of this money go uh, into IT spending and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then IT companies were pulling back and everybody was like freaking out. But what they didn't realize is that people are moving their money in one side of the economy to the other, which is why airlines have announced fantastic results because everybody's fucking traveling.
0: Somewhere for a fucking vacation. Um, my, all my the airlines have been saying results are great. My wife has two business flights coming up in the next month. <laughs> you know
1: that wasn't Jeez. happening
0: during the pandemic.
1: No, of course not. And so you've had this uh, situation where uh, travel has uh, picked up, hotels, all these services industries. They are finally, um, you know catching up on this hiring and training cycle, which is a very long cycle. Um, And so they're not having to, you know, go out and bid crazy money as, as, as much to hire people. Turnover is, is, is down a little bit in these things. And so again, all of these effects are finally after so many lags are finally starting to come out of the economy, okay? Because uh-huh. these were all shocks, okay? Uh all the layoffs, all the rehiring. I mean, it's, the the rehirings the pandemic it, it, we had so many of them. It, it's crazy to think about how much shit happened in the 2020s.
0: Right. So far.
1: <laughs> so far. We're only 2023. Right. So inflation is coming down. A lot of people are expecting either that the Fed will either continue their pause, or more likely, many have said they'll raise rates one more quarter point and then call it a day. Right now, we'll just hold them there. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So now, I, what, I, I, I yep. Yeah, go ahead. One interesting sure. thing here, I saw some coverage of this a few days back, um, is that how this is also a thing where partisan perceptions come into play. There's been polling of the simple question of how do you think the economy is doing? Ah, well. And right now it's not a hundred percent, but like the tendency is very strong and very distinct right now. Yeah. And this is, this is this almost exactly flipped when the administration flipped earlier, but Democrats think the economy is doing well. Republicans <laughs> think it is doing badly. <laughs> And it was exactly the opposite when Trump was in power. Now, because at this point, how do you think the economy is doing has become another proxy question for, are you happy yeah. with the president? Um, which, of course, the, the president isn't even the most influential person when it comes to the economy. The Fed is more important, right? But. And and of course, Congress has a role, and blah blah blah, and all kinds of macro things as well that are in nobody's control. But it has become one of those partisan litmus test questions, just like everything else. Well, if where there's e- a, where there's a really wait wait, I, I, let me finish. Where there's a really high correlation if you ask somebody how the economy is doing. However, if instead of asking them about the economy, you ask them about how they are doing personally, that partisan division goes away. Oh, we're
1: doing great, (laughs) which is why it's so important what the fuck the question that you ask is.
0: Right. Because once you ask them how they're doing personally, then that starts to line up much more with the actual measured numbers about the economy. Right. Right. Even there, there's a bit of a lag though. People, people's perception of how they're doing lags the numbers by several months. If I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't. Now now but
1: but if we if we take uh you know uh that how the economy is doing translates directly into polls. I was looking at uh I'm not looking at election grass right now. Okay? okay. Okay, okay, that's fine. I
0: forgive you, Yvonne. I forgive you this time.
1: I'm looking at the RC at the RCP polling average right now, and Biden is slightly ahead, okay? Which he wasn't. Uh, in it, this it average for a while, but, but he, he's ahead.
0: And so I guess that that means that, and, 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 you know, and by, by the way, since you mentioned election graphs and you're quoting somebody else, I,
2: I, somebody R, R, else, RR RRCP, I did,
0: I did who are, 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 are you know, RCP are practically fascists. We now know. So yes but whatever, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> Yvonne. no uh, uh, it, it, election graphs right now, the bottom line is it's a dead heat. Like, it's a dead it's a it's a dead heat that's the bottom line depending on which way you look at it uh y- y- is w- one of my probabilistic models actually at this very instant has uh Trump ahead the other one has Biden ahead um the straight up trust the polls exactly how they are has Biden ahead by a couple states right. um but uh, but bottom line all of right. them if you really look at it it all translates into if the election was today it would be a fucking dead heat yeah, you fucking toss a coin. Uh, I, I I do uh, well. I I do think that you
1: have to take it for and even what you were even what you were saying even what you're saying. A narrow a-,
0: a narrow thing is a dead heat. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. But 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 listen.
1: Forget not. not uh, no, I'm not taking the dead heat uh, argument about this because I'm not predicting the election. Right, right. But okay.
0: what I am say- I'm not predicting. What you're saying le- is Biden is looking better than he was a couple of I- months. Exactly, correct. That, that's that- what I'm
1: saying. That if you look at the numbers,
0: it's showing
1: that Biden is his view is basically now moving into the slight positive range, yeah. according to 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 this.
0: And, and yeah. also, according to election graphs as well, I'll say, uh, Trump peaked in November. And month over month, every month since November, I said that weird, every month since November, <laughs> I my tongue did something weird in my mouth. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. You know, but old. anyway, um, every month since November, Biden has been stronger than the month before. So far. We'll see if it continues. But yeah, it looked like Trump peaked late last year. And things have been moving in Biden's direction ever since to where we are right now, that things are a dead heat. But the trend has definitely been in Biden's direction over the last few months.
1: I I think that Biden has right now, I think that he will be heading into next year with momentum. A lot of these exogenous things that happened. Probably we will not have another new war next year. I will say Let's that <laughs> you know I'm making, I'm making my, my, my my 2024 predictions already. Probably won't have a new war, um, and so um, the effects of the legislation that he did, because of the lagging effect, it it, it will look things will look positive. I think from an economic perspective heading into next year, there's also an effect that we will have that is a positive effect, which is, uh, related to China. Okay. Where the Chinese have been, there's been a change in tone recently. Okay. Um, you know, there was a lot of crackdown on business and stuff and whatever, uh, recently by she and that seemed to have stopped huh. okay um because uh jack ma who was the head of uh oh god what the hell's the name of the fucking company it escapes me right now oh for the love of god of of to do business with these people my i'm getting old um uh, uh, alibaba jesus christ why couldn't i get that name uh you yeah, he uh all of a sudden I mean she and everybody had like basically made him fucking disappear mm. and put his businesses under a vice. And then all of a sudden, oh you paid a fine, you're all good. Ah, back to running your businesses. And um we had some positive meetings between the US and China recently, including uh even Janet Yellen went to China. Mm. Um and the Chinese are trying to help their economy uh, pull out of a rut that basically it, it got into during the pandemic Uh, like Hong Kong is finally reopening and people are going back and, yeah you know, there's been a whole bunch of isolation and business leaders have been visiting like senior business leaders that had not been visiting china all of a sudden started visiting china uh and i think that all of that will have a positive effect on the us economy because us companies sell a ton of money to the damn economy i mean you know to the, to china it, it's just it is a huge positive it's not just You know, Apple, Tesla, Walmart, uh, you name it, have very large operations in China. So an improvement in China as well, where things have been slowed down recently, will definitely have quite a positive effect on our economy at this point.
0: Um, And uh, as is the conventional wisdom on politics, it's the economy stupid.
1: And it always turns into that, doesn't it you know no matter what it it, it just it, it, it it's just that is always such a big factor yeah so
0: yeah, I. Think I mean, that other thing. I'm not saying other things aren't important. We 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 have other issues that are clearly going to be important. Obviously, like the abortion issue motivated a lot of people in 2022. We'll probably do so again in 2024. There's concerns on all kinds of social issues, but <laughs> the economy is a huge, huge factor. You cannot take. It yeah, it is a
1: huge, huge factor. No doubt about it. Yeah. 2020s. the pandemic definitely uh, was a huge factor. But it was a pandemic combined with the economy. It was both. Yeah. I mean, the and, impacts and obviously
0: had. those were linked. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay. Shall we wrap it up, Yvonne? Yes. Okay. Hey, everybody, curmudgeons-corner.com. You can go there and see all the ways to contact us: email mastodon facebook you can see our archives going back all the way to 2007 and now for the newer episodes transcripts it's very exciting i i I like how it turned out everybody go read the transcripts read read them all enjoy enjoy you know it's it's a good thing transcripts anyway um we also of course have our patreon where you can give us money also give us money money is good we enjoy money Money is fun. Um, And uh, at various levels, uh, we will give you a, we'll send you a postcard. We'll mention you on the show. We'll send you a mug. We'll ring a bell. All this kind of stuff, fun stuff. If you give us different amounts of money per month. And uh, if, and if you want to do a one-off, that's fine too. Like Patreon doesn't make that uh, easy, but
1: you know, I mean, if the one-off, especially if it's like a million dollars yeah two million dollars five million dollars absolutely ten million dollars <laughs> well we, we we'll make that work yeah,
0: yeah we'll make it, work. We'll, make it work. we'll make it work if if you're gonna give ten million dollars, it doesn't even have to be ten million dollars a month to get a mug. We'll send you the mug for a single donation
1: no no we'll send it
0: for a single donation we'll send the mug yes, and we'll give you access to the slack. Yeah, exactly. And for $2 a month or more, or if you just ask us nicely, we will invite you to our Camudgeons Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and a variety of other people are chatting throughout the week, sharing links, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And so Yvonne, what is one thing that we talked about under Cummudgeons Corner Slack this week that we have not mentioned at all on the show?
1: Uh we didn't mention at all on the show. Uh oh god. Uh
0: let me see. Uh free. This is not supposed to be a hard question.
1: Oh, okay. My, my okay, my pillow auctions off equipment amid massive cancellation CEO Oops. Lindell says.
0: Oh, what is My pillow Yeah, I know. It's so terrible. I, I'm my, I'm so broken up. This is so sad. My <laughs>
1: pillow Auctions off equipment a bit massive cancellation. My pillow is auctioning off hundreds of pieces of equipment and subleasing manufacturing spaces amid what founder and CEO Mike Lindell calls a massive, massive cancellation. Lindell said in an interview with the Star Tribune said, MyPillow lost $100 million. Sounds like something from a movie Um, from attacks by box stores, the shopping networks, the shopping channels. All of them did cancel culture on us. Several retailers, including Walmart, Bed Bath and Beyond, which (laughs) went bankrupt. And Kohl's pulled my pillow products from their shelves after Lindell continued to claim the 2020 presidential election was stolen from former President Trump. Oh, poor Mike. Look, yeah, his I, products I, suck, okay? All right? Mm-hmm. Everybody that I've heard has bought them. Basically, have said it's a scam. Yeah, they're
0: horrible pillows, apparently.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, um, Bed Bath & Beyond went bankrupt. Um, uh, I mean, Walmart doesn't push out right-wingers
0: off no no no
1: so i I, you know look i will say that um he violated the main thing that i always got taught about business and politics is that if you're in charge of a company and you are in a business like his basically you you try to keep your politics to yourself
0: Right, because if you in, want to think in again. our in our divided world right now, no matter what position you take, you're alienating half the country. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is you know at the same time you know I you know I I like it when companies openly take like positive stances, but uh, that I that I appreciate and agree with. Uh, but it's clear it's a business risk, right? Yeah. Like. It, you know, like we, we saw the whole Bud Light thing and that was a really minor freaking like thing. They had an influencer do a single commercial and it exploded yeah. in their face. Right. You yeah. know, but yeah, this is uh, and and I'm sure my pillow guy lost some amount of sales that were coming from liberals. But frankly, also apparently, like you said, it's a freaking crappy really bad pillow. It was not a good product either. And so probably most of his sales were just, you know, the people who were on right wing radio and TV that saw his commercials all the time. Cause that's pretty much where he advertised.
1: Yeah, I know. So, but I think that one big impact that he keeps to seems to forget is that, you know, he lately his big promotional emotional vehicle had been Tucker Carlson. Mm. That show. And man, I mean, they threw him off the air. And I think that I, I'm gonna tell you that I think that was the biggest impact on his business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh yeah. yeah. So yes, uh companies taking any position politically one way or another is potentially dangerous for the company. But in some cases I feel like they they have to like you know, like the the whole DEI stuff in, in the end, you, you know, you, they may get some blowback, but fundamentally, there are all kinds of reasons why it's actually positive for the internal operations of companies and you get better results and blah, blah, blah. And at some point they have to tell the people who've got their heads stuck in the 1950s to go fuck themselves. But, you know, that's <laughs> hard. I understand that. I understand that if it's going to lose you some sales, you have to be thinking very, very carefully about what you do or do not do for that. Kind of
1: I think the main thing is a company. And I, I see that. And I will say that, you know, I, I work at a company that I, I think that if you look at a lot of the uh, employee policies, what they try to do is I don't think they're they're openly saying anything political. I mean, I know that. uh you know, our executives have donated to Republican to Republicans in the past. I I, I haven't seen lately what they've done, if anything.
0: I'm sure they have. the u- The usual thing is donate to everybody, but
1: no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 no. I'm sure, but but the one thing is what I what I say is that in terms of employee policies, okay, yeah. what they try to do, and and I, and I've been in a couple of companies, and, and I, no matter the politics of whoever is the leader, what I've seen usually is you try. If you're trying to run a good company, if you're trying, it, it's to have inclusive policies. Basically, you know, look, please, um, you know, be respectful at the office. You know, please, um, you know, uh, welcome other people. Um, you know, it, it, you know, celebrating the holidays. Um, you know, it, you know, do, those kinds of things it's to be respectful of all the different cultures. I know at it, it, it this company specifically, I mean, the cultures are so vast and varied. Like right now where we are, where we've got a leadership team that has Jesus. I mean, I, I don't know men, women, pe- you know, quite a lot of people from different countries, from India, from, from, mm-hmm. from, from, Europe, from, from the Americas, from everywhere. It's, it's a very varied uh, group. And, I, I think that the important thing in th- these large companies is that you, 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 you as a business, what you want to do is, hey, you know, be inclusive, not just internally with your employees, but out with your customers. And, you know, I, I, I don't I, I never think that it's bad business um, to be accepting of everybody. OK, you know, in general. For for most people. I, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm not accepting of Nazis. Okay. All right. Okay, take those out. But as long as, you know, you know, tolerance is the whole thing. Um, and the only time that you wind up getting into a fucking battle is if for some fucking reason you wind up with uh what I see Disney getting pushed into a corner because the governor basically thought that, you know, he wants to use them as a political pawn. That then you then you have no choice and you've got to just you know lay it out there. Okay, you, you you don't have any choice. I mean, because what the hell are you gonna do? I mean, when they're when they're attacking you directly, it, 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 it you're left with no choice. But other than that, you know, you, you try to avoid that if you try to run a business. He obviously Mike thought that he was going to be able to keep a business going while basically showing to the world that he's a lunatic.
0: Look, th- <laughs> yes. I mean, bottom line, when when CEOs or other management folks also become public figures, yep, then people get affected by that. And yeah. the other big example recently, of course, is Elon. Yeah. You know, Jeez. like a year ago, even like all kinds of people were still like, oh, Elon's so awesome. He's cool. He's, he's genius. a genius. He's a genius. He's doing this. He's doing that and then <laughs> he has completely destroyed that reputation. Yeah. You know, th- yeah, I was I was mentioning in our environmental section how the reputation of like it was all these like hyper liberal woke environmentally conscious people were buying Teslas. Right. Most of those people wouldn't be caught dead buying a Tesla now. Now,
1: I would like to here again reiterate That I was way ahead on the curve of Elon Musk was a fucking moron. Yes.
2: (laughs) Way ahead. Way the hell ahead.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think we should be done, Yvonne. Yes, we should be done. Okay. Hey, everybody. Have a great week. Be safe. And, uh, I will be back next week. Yvonne will not be back. If everything goes to plan, Bruce will be with us next week. So look forward to Bruce, whose perspectives are very different from Yvonne's. Yes, indeed. And also, as I usually do when I have uh, co-hosts on, I let them basically determine the agenda unless there's some huge breaking news. Uh, And there might be, of course, we got like Donald Trump stuff coming. There could be more indictments like any moment. Uh, You never know. But uh, there'll be a war and
1: shit and all this stuff going on. And well, I'll be. Yeah.
0: If there's major breaking news, obviously we'll talk about it. Otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll I'll open the agenda to Bruce.
1: I'm planning to be on a tropical island.
0: A tropical island. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is it one of the flat ones or one of the volcanic ones? It's one of the volcanic ones. Okay. Well, there you go. I will I
1: will be near a billionaire uh, uh, because it, it, the island that I am staying, so you can find out where I am on the map, uh, is the island that is the big island right beside where Richard Branson has his own little island and he lives. Nice
0: nice
1: so uh maybe i'll maybe i'll see go hang out with richard he's right there i mean literally you know yeah.
0: yeah so so say so say hi
1: to him if i see branson i'll say hi i'll ask him to see if he'll give us a ride on one of those space
0: things or as we discussed earlier contribute to our patreon or
1: contribute to your patreon yes i mean what the hell am i thinking of course he's the guy that i should be asking first yes okay, okay
0: enough we're out of here talk to you next week goodbye. Bye. I hit the button twice so it stopped. <laughs> I, I, you know, so here we go again. burger. Burger. Goodbye.